Welcome to the Biz Times MKE podcast and another episode of the Weekly Debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, Managing Editor at Biz Times Media, and I'm joined on the Weekly Debrief, as always, by Biz Times Editor Andrew Wyland. Andrew, how are you doing? Good. Happy to be here. Great to hear. Let's dive right in with our Insider Story Spotlight. That is a chance for us to highlight some of the stories that were available only to BizTimes Insiders over the last week or so. If you are already an insider, thank you very much. We really do appreciate that support. It helps make our work possible. If you're not an insider, please do consider subscribing. The equivalent of $9 a month will get you unlimited access to all of the stories on our website, biztimes.com, discounted admission to some of our events, and other insider benefits. So, Andrew, what is your insider story spotlight this week? We have a story about MSOE, that's the Milwaukee School of Engineering, which uh, continues to expand its downtown Milwaukee footprint. And what I think is a very interesting move is they purchased a like an office building, basically, um, that's being used. Right now, it's occupied by the federal government, the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. Uh, leases this building. So it's on like the north, it's on Knapp Street, which is on northern edge, north side of downtown. It's owned by Sunset Investors. So it's owned by, you know, local private investment group leased by this government agency. And now MSOE has purchased it. It's a 23 year old, 58 story built or 58 square foot building. And 58 square foot? Not 58,000 square foot. There we go. 58,000 square foot building. And, um, you know, the federal, this federal, federal agency still has a lease there. So it's not clear, you know, how much longer they'll be operating there, but it appears clear that MSOE has plans to eventually use this building for some kind of educational purpose. And then this federal agency We'll have to find somewhere else in Milwaukee to operate, presumably. This comes um, about a month ago. We had news that MSOE was going to convert an historic home on Juno on Juno Avenue into a conservatory for music. So they continue to strategically uh, acquire adjacent real estate to their downtown campus um, when the opportunity presents itself um, to expand MSOE's operations. It's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. They're uh, they're an interesting university to watch um, just given they're not, not the size of Marquette, not the size of UWM certainly, but certainly a lot of engineering graduates come out of there. Yeah. And, uh, funnel into the university, the region's t- companies that have have tech talent needs, and a lot of nursing graduates come out of there. So their growth is probably bodes well for for the region. I would think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's an important uh, talent uh, producer. About twenty five hundred student body, so it's not a big school, like you say, but it's a strong engineering school and uh, produces valuable talent for the area's business community. Absolutely. Uh, my insider story spotlight this week focuses on one from our reporter, Ashley Smart, who covers uh, all things innovation and entrepreneurship for us. 
the Wisconsin Investment Fund Committee met for the first time uh, here on Friday morning. Uh, this is a committee, I believe, established by the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation, which the it will be administering essentially a new $50 million um, venture capital fund of sorts um, that is being funded by uh, federal money um, that Wisconsin secured under the state small business credit initiative. And uh, so actually I have a story kind of detailing some of the pieces of how this money is going to be allocated um, and kind of what it could go towards, what it couldn't go towards, um, things like that. You know, the governor has tried previously um, for a, vent- a state venture capital fund. There's, um, of course, previous efforts at bolstering venture capital in the state through the Badger Fund of Funds, um, which is aimed at a, at a maybe at a little bit smaller level or um, kind of trying to bolster the, the VC talent in the state. Um, Ever, the governor, Ever, Governor Evers has previously proposed, I think it was a $100 million fund in his last budget cycle. Um, there's a $75 million fund proposed in this cycle. And there's a, you know, a lot of debate over whether venture capital is the kind of thing that, that state government should be in. Um, because, I mean, it's certainly risky investment. Um, and you're, you're betting on small young companies with taxpayer dollars. That's, that's concerned. There's also an argument around, you know, what does that mean to a company if they end up taking state venture funds? What strings do that, does that come with? Um, what message does that send to the market that you're having to turn to state money with strings attached to it? Um, that you maybe couldn't get the funding from traditional venture sources. You weren't attractive enough. So it's a complicated thing as much as on the face of it. It seems great that we're bolstering venture capital in the state. Um, it's not as straightforward as it may seem. Yeah. Um, but yes, it's it, this has been a vital issue trying to improve the Wisconsin venture capital scene. So, you know, I, I think it's great to see a move like this being made albeit with the caveats that that you state. And I know Evers has had trouble getting this going previously, but now states getting federal funds, you know, American Rescue Plan Act funds, COVID recovery funds basically to do this. So it's good. it looks like it's going to be easier to implement this, or at least it's, it's going to be implemented. And, and it'll be very interesting to see how successful it is. There'll probably be a lot of scrutiny on what happens to this money if it does end up supporting successful uh, fledgling businesses or if it ends up backing businesses that do not (laughs) succeed and people will say, well, that was a waste of money. So it's going to be very interesting to see uh, how this fund performs. Yeah. And the federal funds part of it is always an interesting wrinkle. I mean, on the one hand, it's, so it's, I mean, it's public money. On the other hand, Absolutely. it's money that would have probably gone to another state had uh-huh. we not um, gone and secured it and done it. And so, you know, it's kind of, well, you may not want the state in the venture business. Um, it might be better for Wisconsin to have the money than another state um, from a from a state perspective. So right. lots of interesting things to consider there. Um, and we'll continue to follow it um, as it moves forward. Uh, let's move on to our big story of the week, and we're sticking uh, in the state government lane 
um, as we move forward. Um, and we've talked recently on the podcast about the governor's budget, uh, most notably in the context of American Family Field and the proposal for $290 million in uh, cash for uh, upgrades to that. Um, we're talking again this week about um, buildings and state money, um, this time as Governor Tony Evers. A hot topic. It's a hot topic. It's budget season. Um, you know, I'm sure it'll continue to come up through uh, as we get into the summer. Um, but Governor Evers this week released his uh, capital budget plans, um, which primarily detail investments and um, improvements planned to be made to, you know, state own buildings and, and the buildings used by state agencies and things like that. So it's a lot of uh, UW system school things. It's DNR buildings. It's Department of Military Affairs, Department of Corrections, all kinds of things like that. Um, but uh, also some items in there that are referred to as non-agency requests. Um, these are requests that come from outside of state government often and um, seek state money to uh, benefit a project of some sort. I think one of the most notable of those this time around is $9.3 million that the governor is recommending for the Iron District development uh, in downtown Milwaukee. Um, this is at the uh, let's see, the northeast corner of uh, the market interchange on uh, some vacant land. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Iron District, it's a proposed multi-mixed-use uh, development that would in- kind of anchor by an 8,000-seat um, soccer stadium that would serve the USL Championship League, um, a group led by Jim Kazmarek of Capco, is uh, working on putting that together. SR Mills of Bear Development is also involved. Um, and so there, this $9.3 million would go um, toward helping making that stadium, stadium a reality, um, which raised a lot of interesting questions about, is that a good use of state tax dollars? Um, but on the other hand, you know, would something like this come to fruition without it? So I think that's the question. What do you think of it, Andrew? <laughs> yeah, it raises all kinds of questions. And, you know, and it comes after Evers is proposing $290 million. Um, and this is, you know, this money is coming from this state surplus, the $7 billion state budget, budget surplus right now. So he proposes $290 million for American Family Field dealing with you know, kind of long-range needs for upgrades, repairs, renovations, what have you, at the Brewers Stadium. And then now he's also proposing $9 million, a lot less, but still $9 million for a professional soccer stadium in downtown Milwaukee. Um, yeah, there's very few things more controversial than handing out millions of dollars of taxpayer money for professional sports facilities. Um, and now in this case, we're talking about, you know, a minor league and that's what the USL championship league is. It's like AAA essentially for the American professional soccer world. Major league soccer is the major leagues of pro soccer. USL championship is like one level down. So it's a minor league soccer stadium. So it's not the same as having a major league baseball team, American family field or Pfizer forum with an NBA basketball team. This is a minor league facility, but it is 
And the state, the soccer stadium, bear in mind, is like a $45 million stadium. So here's $9 million that would be coming from the state. The whole Iron District project that you spoke of, which this anchors, is $160 million. Includes a hotel, includes apartments, includes an indoor concert venue. But it's really anchored by the soccer stadium. It's got retail and restaurants as well. So, I mean, I think the argument for it would be, Here's a way, evidently, the developers are not able to just completely finance this development on their own, and they're hoping for public funds to fill in the gap. And so I suppose the argument for for this would be, well, here's a long, as, as much as we've seen a revitalization in downtown Milwaukee for some time, I mean, really 20 some years uh, ebbs and flows, but really it's been a 20-some year period of pretty good revitalization of downtown, a lot of development, but this corner of downtown hasn't seen really anything, and it's quite forlorn, and so this would be an opportunity to um, spur a major development project in that particular area, and I think one of the reasons this challenge is it's immediately adjacent to the Marquette Interchange as, as important as the market interchange is for transportation, it's not necessarily attractive to have a development right next to a big towering, uh, you know, bunch of freeway ramps going in a lot of different directions. <laughs> yeah. It's not like putting a building on the lake or the river, you know, it's mm-hmm. freeway ramps and stuff. So it, this site has its challenges evidently because it hasn't seen development and here's a huge project and maybe the soccer stadium is the key to making it happen. And maybe it's, it's maybe it's a good idea for the state to help make sure it does happen, but it is unusual to see a big development like this. Usually subsidies for development projects are local in nature, like TIF districts. This would be state funds for it. That's a different approach. And, and I'm sure it's going to face a rough go because ultimately these things need to get through a Republican-controlled state legislature. So Evers has put this out there as a wish list item, but it's going to have a tough go with a Republican-controlled state legislature that's going to be much more conservative in their views on what this money should be spent on. And um, the developers are going to have to go to them and make the case that it's worth it to support this economic development project. Yeah, I think that's, you know, making that case is going to be the the big hill to climb. And yeah. in a lot of ways, they don't have the advantages that if you were asking for tax incremental financing, TIF district, um, there's a little, the, the math works out a little easier and is a little easier to make. Mm-hmm. As complicated as TIF districts can be and, you know, the challenge of wrapping your brain around how that, that math works, you can, it's, it's fairly direct, right? There's increased tax revenue. Right. At, property tax revenue. Yeah. Yep. Increased property tax revenue that will, you know, pay off the, the subsidy and, and mm-hmm. uh, eventually, you know, the, the municipality benefits in the long run here, you know, the, the benefit is a little more nebulous. You know, what does it mean to have the cultural impact of that? The say, I mean, I'm sure there is a sales tax revenue type thing that can be attributed, you know, to activity there, that math maybe is a little fuzzier than 
you know, property tax math is a little more straightforward. Uh, attributing sales tax revenue to um, a certain activity. Mm, I don't know if I'm buying it quite as much. And then the other thing here is this is not a state agency that's asking for it. And uh, so you're, you're not a state agency coming in and asking for money when, I mean, yes, we have a $7 billion surplus. Um, the governor is proposing a, I think it's about $3.7 billion, I want to say, uh, $3.4 uh, billion in, um, $3.75 billion in uh, the capital budget. The last two budget cycles, what's been approved is more like 1.4, 1.7, somewhere in that neighborhood. So big difference in terms of what's proposed and what ultimately gets approved. So, you know, where where could this 9 million go elsewhere? And especially when you're not, you know, an agency, you're not a state go- piece of state government, um, which is the main purpose of this piece of the budget. I mean, a few years ago, um, I recall Carroll University um, it was looking for, I think it was like $5 million to support a, a nursing school expansion. Um, and they were making the case of, look, we make a big contribution to the state's nursing workforce. Therefore, there's a state interest in us getting this money. Even within this budget proposal, there's money for the Marquette School of Dentistry, which uh, pretty sure is like the only or one of the only um, dentistry schools in the state. Um, so there's a strong connection you can make, right, in terms of serving a workforce need of the state. Um, you know, we do have, I think, a few. We don't have any USL Championship League soccer teams, but, uh, you know, nurses and, and dentists are a little higher need uh, than than a soccer team in the state. And so there's, you know, it'll be a, right. a tough hill to climb, I think. Yeah, and, you know, the argument that was made for the state providing funds for Pfizer Forum, and I'm sure is going to be made as part of the American Family Field debate, funding debate, will be the income taxes that are paid by the extremely highly paid athletes in major league sports. You're not going to have that same level of income tax revenue coming out of a minor league uh, soccer uh, soccer team, although they are professional athletes, but they're not nearly paid what NBA Major League Baseball players are paid. So, and of course, okay, it's nine million. That's considerably less than you know the subsidies for the Pfizer Forum and American Family Field. But nevertheless, it's going to be a very uh, it's going to be challenging to to get that approved. So, interesting to see how where that goes. Certainly. Uh... Along with our coverage on that request for the Iron District project, we did have a story up um, highlighting a number of the requests in uh, southeastern Wisconsin. Um, Many of them go towards uh, the UW system, um, campuses in the region, UW-Milwaukee, UW-Parkside, UW-Whitewater, a lot of things there, Uh, some items for the... the, um, Department of Military Affairs. Um, I mentioned the Marquette project. It's about $10 million, um, 10 million, 10.75 million in state money for upgrades at the School of Dentistry. Uh, there's 10 million for a, 10 million to support a $63 million expansion of the Blood Research Institute over at the Milwaukee Regional Medical Center campus. Um, 
I found this one interesting. $6.5 million in state money for renovations to the Cream Puff Pavilion at State Fair Park. Um, I love the Cream Puffs. And in the dis- million. Dollars. Yeah. And in the description of it, they talked about um, basically kind of being at capacity for how many... How, how could much- the Cream Puff Pavilion be worth that much? Six well, that, I mean, you got <laughs> to renovate it and, and things like that. Uh, the other, the interesting part though, is they talked about the idea of, um, uh, that they, this would allow them to market and kind of set this building up for, um, events kind of more on a year round basis, kind of outside, mm-hmm. um, state fairs. So, you know, before you know it, we're going to start having weddings and proms and who knows what else yeah, you know. at the, uh, cream puff. at the cream puff pavilion. Um, <laughs> another, another one on here, uh, $5 million in state money f- to support the, Almost fifty-five million dollar uh, Bronzeville Center of the Arts, or Center for the Arts project in uh, Milwaukee, and that actually does have a bit of a connection to a state building. There, um, part of that's replacing a former DNR uh, building, um, and so on down the line, yep. um, there's a whole bunch of interesting things here. One uh, that I did find kind of interesting: UW Milwaukee um, still working through. Um, plans for renovations on the, their Northwest quadrant um, that they bought it. I want to say it was around 2010, somewhere in that time frame. Um, they were looking for 180 million for renovations. The governor's recommending $1 million to continue planning. Um, so that project seems to have a long uh, road ahead um, to get to the finish line. So yeah. um, interesting thing um, there. Uh, when the one that didn't get included, uh, 9.2 million for the third phase of an immersive welcome experience at Old World Wisconsin in Eagle, uh, was not included in the governor's, governor's budget recommendations. So, uh, there were a lot of things that weren't included there. This list, if, if, if you're not included, <laughs> bad because Evers has put everything in the kitchen sink into this thing. I mean, I got the report on my desk. It's 312 pages. And as you pointed out earlier, you know, $3.7 million in funding for these capital projects when previous budgets were 1.7, 1.4-ish. So, you know, it's a really a product of with this big budget surplus, what to do with it. Evers has a lot of idea, spending ideas. You know they're going to face intense scrutiny and push back in the state legislature. So it'll be interesting to see which of these actually flies. Mm-hmm. One item that's not really covered in this, uh, but is, is definitely part of the capital plans, the real estate plans for the state going forward. Um, the planned sale of the downtown Milwaukee state office building Um the governor's, uh, the Department of Administration's got a a Vision 2030 project that kind of is looking at state real estate and trying to shrink that down over the over time. Um, and they're continuing to push to try and figure out how to get that done, sell that building, move workers to either a planned project um, over at 27th and Wisconsin or to other um, parts of um, the region um, as it fits. So that's one to keep an eye on as well. Right. And, you know, this has been talked about for some time, you know, it goes back to um, 
2017, Department of Administration announced plans to replace the downtown state office building. Governor, then Governor Scott Walker had said he wanted to sell it, but like, you know, and the building requires, the state is saying it needs $95 million in renovations. It's an old building. It's from the 60s, um, nine-story building. So it's a sizable building. It's old. State says it needs considerable repairs. And there's been a desire for a long time to replace it somehow. Um, there's been a huge push from the Near West Side Partners or the Near West Side Group. Yeah, Near West Side Partners Group in Milwaukee to have a new state office building to replace this one built at a site at 27th and Wisconsin Avenue, southwest of that intersection. They've cleared a site for it, hoping that it would happen. Um, but again, in this, you know, Uber's last budget, he sought $160 million for it and the legislature did not approve that. So ultimately, until the funding is approved, none of this moves forward. But, you know, state officials continue to say the downtown Milwaukee office building is one they're hoping to abandon and replace. And the presumed, uh, replacement is at 27th Wisconsin. So, Near West Side area would greatly be affected by that. Downtown Milwaukee, you'd have a, a key building vacated that would be freed up then potentially for redevelopment, although you wonder how long that would take. So um a lot of interesting moving parts with this one, and it's but it's been talked about for years, and we continue until the funding is put put in place for it. It's just kind of it's kind of sitting out there. Um, but somewhat of an elephant in the room as far as downtown Milwaukee's future goes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's when we talk about uh, does $9.6 million for a, a soccer stadium make sense? Um, there's other needs to weigh that against as well. So lots to consider. We'll continue to follow it. Uh, until then, uh, that'll do it for this week on the BizTimes MKE podcast and the weekly debrief. Thanks for joining me as always, Andrew. Okay. This is Dan Meyer with BizTimes Media. You've been listening to the BizTimes MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.